Oh, sex. That's the worst thing we can possibly think of. Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix, and today I'd like to talk to you about Squarespace. Can you imagine? Oh my god, can you imagine if I start an episode like that? No, I haven't been sponsored by Squarespace, but I do want to share with you a non-sponsored message about a service that I've recently started to use, which I like very much, and which facilitated me being able to do this review. Uh, so I've mentioned, I think, in a couple of videos uh, slash episodes that my mum works for the library, and she actually brought me home The Coven, which I think was the last novel that I reviewed, canonically. She works for the library, she spends a lot of her time trying to push library services on me, which I do not care for. Mostly because it takes me a long time to get around to reading books, I do not like the pressure of having a deadline, and um, it, you know, I just prefer to just buy them on eBay, it's just a lot easier. But because uh, I expressed a recent interest in Audible, because I got a free trial and, and used that for a little bit, um, she did put me on to the library's own version of, of audiobook digital lending called BorrowBox. So I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about BorrowBox and why you should be using it. So I got the BorrowBox free app for my Android phone. I don't know about anything to do with Apple products, but uh, yeah, you can get it on Android. Uh, and it's a completely free app. The only thing you need to sign up to it is your library card number and also a PIN number, which you can just click the option, I've forgotten my PIN number, uh, and find out what it is. It'll reset for you. Uh, so that worked pretty fine, got into it right away. There are a couple of drawbacks because obviously it is a free service and it's not going to be, um, the catalogue is not going to be as wide as uh, a paid service, for example. So I did have trouble finding some of the titles that I wanted, but there were definitely uh, still a good number to choose from. I'm currently listening to uh, Marie Kondo's book, um, The Magic of Tidying Up, which is very nice. It's in a very soothing voice and I'm learning all about how my socks need a holiday. It's fantastic. I, I did manage to listen to a novel on it while I was playing Animal Crossing, so it was, it was a nice soothing time. There are two major drawbacks aside from the, the, the limited catalogue, and that is, for some reason, only one person can borrow each audiobook at a time, so a lot of them are out on loan. But you can just reserve them, so and it tells you what date they'll become available. It leaves them in your queue, uh, so as soon as they do become available, you can just listen to them. The other downside is that you have to download the entire audiobook. Now, my phone has really limited memory. It is very old at this point, uh, and I usually sort of, I operate at about 93% storage used, uh, and I can't have any new apps on my phone. I can only have like four at a time. I actually had to delete Facebook to put BorrowBox on there. Um, but at the same time, I had no trouble downloading these files, so I don't think they are particularly large, uh, and they don't take that long, maybe like two to three minutes to download, and that's with my rural internet connection. So if you live somewhere with good internet, it's going to be pretty fast for you. Uh, so those are the two major downsides, um, but I did really enjoy my experience with BorrowBox. It has this really nice feature where you can set it to go to sleep after 20 minutes to a couple of hours and that means that it doesn't just play all the way through when you're trying to listen to it while you go to sleep uh, which is always nice and the first book I chose to listen to on Warrobox uh, was this one which has actually been in my to read or to purchase to read list for a while and it is called Murder by Magic and it is by Leslie Cookman. It is the 10th in a series, the Libby Sargent series named for the main character but having listened to it 
Uh, it doesn't seem to really make a difference if you have read the previous ones. Kind of like episodes of Midsummer Murders, they are self-contained, although previous knowledge of the characters would probably be beneficial to understanding and enjoying the non-mystery portions of the book. The actual mystery itself is, is self-contained within the novel and you don't need to know a huge amount about the surrounding characters or settings to enjoy it. Unfortunately, I did not enjoy it uh, and, and we'll get into why now. Uh, unfortunately, this is going to be a slightly different style of review because obviously I don't have a paper copy that I can go back to specific quotes on. Uh, so just take this all as my opinion. I can't really offer any quotes to specifically back it up on anything that I do say as a quote is obviously going to be paraphrased from the audio recording. So the blurb for this one is as follows. The 10th book in the Libby Sargent series of British murder mysteries which feature a retired actress as the female sleuth and are based in the picturesque village of Steeple Martin. Libby Sargent and her friend Fran Wolfe are asked to look into the sudden and unexplained death of a devoted churchgoer. The police appear to have lost interest, but the villagers are certain that their new lady vicar has something to do with it. But if it is murder, how is it done? Could it be magic? Obviously it's not magic. Spoiler alert. <laughs> because in mysteries like this, it never is. Um, I'm going to say something quite controversial right off the bat in that I hate Libby Sargent. She's my least favourite character. I don't know if it was the audio recording, but her voice was so annoying just in in audio it was this kind of high-pitched very nasal kind of oh hello i'm investigating a murder whereas her friend fran had a more kind of normal toned voice which was just like i mean i sound like eeyore but you know what i mean it was just like a normal voice to listen to also fran is less irritating um we hear a lot about libby's personal life in this novel which I'm assuming would be interesting to me maybe if I'd read the previous 10 novels but basically she's just very much into amateur dramatics, drama societies, Christmas, everyone goes out to Sunday lunch all the time or has drinks or says oh no thank you I'm driving as if a single glass of white wine would put you over the limit which it doesn't and this is from someone who doesn't drink. Um, there's a lot of that in there. She reminds me of like some of the people who my mum has been friends with over the years who were just a little bit full on and hard to take. So um, take that for what you will. Fran, on the other hand, is um, Libby's friend who is also psychic. And I love Fran. Fran is too precious for this world. I would die for Fran. She's not psychic in a flamboyant, funny ways with velvet scarves way either. She's psychic in a refreshingly down-to-earth sense in that she's actually an atheist or near atheist as it gets uh, and doesn't really believe in being psychic. She just has her own experiences and doesn't know for sure what is causing them or what's behind them, doesn't attribute it to you know, angels or ESP or messages from the beyond, but sometimes she just knows things and that helps with the case, which is a, a very refreshing down-to-earth take on the whole psychic detective thing and I kind of wish that Fran was the main character and that Libby had been maybe the first murder victim in the very first book because I could not get on with her. She was just annoying. Now, we do get quite a good number of, of deaths and murders in this book. I'm going to try not to give too many spoilers for the actual mystery because, you know, I think it's always kind of annoying to people when I do that. So I'm going to I'm going to try and refrain and just give you an outline of kind of like the opening murder it is that uh, a woman is found dead in a church following mass. This is an older lady who uses wheelchair and has her communion brought to her pew so she doesn't 
have to get up and, and go with everyone else. And a rumour starts to fly around that somehow this lady vicar, and they use the word lady vicar a lot, like calm down, um, was responsible for this and that she poisoned her because ostensibly this, this older lady was not happy that they had a lady vicar in the village an unmarried lady vicar who is later revealed to be a lesbian so obviously there's a lot of tensions flying around there and so they the two main characters Libby and Fran are asked to get involved in trying to clear the vicar's name basically trying to find out what's going on because the vicar is getting a lot of hate a lot of direct and indirect hate from the people in the village and it is kind of suffering under this greatly there follows a lot of chats over tea a lot of chats in the pub a lot of chats over sunday lunch basically this mystery gets talked to fucking death uh, and then you know another couple of murders happen to just spice things up or deaths i should say not necessarily murders now i was initially quite game for this I liked the idea um, that was floated at the beginning that this vicar had interests in esoteric and occult matters, that she'd studied them independently, which was something that was being then used against her by the populace. But she, she did have, seem to have a genuine interest in it and in exorcism as well. And I thought how interesting it would be to have a vicar who was sympathetic to um, sort of new age practices and, and modern pagan beliefs. Um, because usually in these kind of stories, usually in like Midsummer Murders, which is what this most closely resembles to me, the pagan populace are usually at odds with the vicar, curate, church-going public. Um, and it would be nice if the vicar in this sense was kind of a middle point between those two groups, trying to get them to coexist peacefully and I felt that would be kind of an interesting view to have. The book is having none of it. By the time we actually get into actual signs of black magic and they do use the term black magic a lot, it is a dead cockerel turning up on the vicar's doorstep and then Fran and Libby continue to talk the subject to death um, by sort of referring to past cases that they've had involving some Morris dancers and some Satanists who were performing black masses in presumably other books in the series. And I was kind of waiting for the other foot to fall for them to discuss witchcraft as being something that is distinct from Satanism. But apparently this is not something that exists in the, either the minds of the author or the world of the books. Because basically they say that... There are Wiccans who are lovely, fluffy, happy people who just try and do beneficial magic to benefit the world. And then every other witch gets their powers uh, by worshipping Satan, is their belief, uh, and that they have these ritual orgy meetings because it's all just about pleasure and sex. Um, insert scandalised gif of a woman wearing frosted pink lipstick and a beige trouser suit because oh sex is the worst thing we can possibly think of so i wasn't wild about that because i feel like if you're gonna set it in a realistic setting in this like village in i think kent and have it meant to be like a real life thing and even take this kind of magical realism route of having a psychic there who isn't really as psychics are depicted elsewhere it's kind of a shame that you got none of the information about modern paganism correct and just kind of made it up in their view it's all about sacrificing cockerels the cockerel thing happens like a lot like is mentioned frequently i think it's something maybe that featured in one of the other cases and that's why they harp on about it but um i i, I wasn't wild about it and even one of those like 
key locations that becomes relevant in the mystery is a tree where someone who was accused of witchcraft was hanged and where people now have um, meetings and these are described as like black magic meetings or black masses it's just not accurate in the slightest to i think what the majority of people who knew anything about modern paganism would picture in their minds and that was quite disheartening because from that point on it's like well there are no actual witches in this the witches who are in this are basically just characters from 1970s terrible horror films some of which i reviewed uh, and I'm not really interested in the rest of it. And then the other half of the book was just them sort of debating women being able to be vicars and gay people being able to be in the church. And it all had this very middle class Christian, um, non-church going, but still kind of culturally Christian attitude to it, which I wasn't here for. It just felt kind of weird that these people would just sit around and discuss the rights of other people to live their lives like it had anything to do with them. So as a practicing witch and a lesbian, this irritated me. So I'm afraid I didn't really get much out of, of the book aside from the general distaste of that. And then equally even more annoying when they just started linking in illegal drugs uh, with the activities of this evil coven because of course witches are just into sex and drugs and wearing crushed velvet robes and knobbing in the dark on the moor as opposed to in a nice warm bed like everybody else so i didn't really get much out of the book i didn't really care for it that much and it didn't even really strike me as a cozy mystery because i've read the um witches when adele abbott series uh, the witch pi series and although that is a lot more fantastical and it has like fantasy elements in it, that is more what I would describe as like cosy because cosy things are meant to be like cute. It's like a cosy mystery. You would imagine someone runs a bakery and they solve like cutesy little crimes around their village and uh, everything's fine and dandy and no one gets murdered. Um, like who matters to the main character and it's all twee and calm at the end of the day. This involved like fucking orgies and drug trades and murders and all this other stuff. And it didn't seem that cozy. And then the actual personal life elements were very, I'm going to say dowdy in the sense that when you think of cozy, you think of kind of bright, colourful things. You think of like baked goods and like pet grooming salons and cutesy little things that make you go all oh, when you look at them and this was all very like sitting in pubs talking about Christmas pageants and nativity plays um, and it felt like a lot older than where that cozy mark is usually pitched if that makes sense at least for me and my tastes uh, so I felt like it kind of missed being cozy I feel I feel like just sitting in a village isn't enough to make it cozy because I wouldn't really describe Midsummer Murders as being cozy i would describe it more as being daytime drama or to put that in terms of like a book genre contemporary women's fiction uh, which is basically everything under the sun um but yeah I, i'm afraid i didn't really get much out of this book maybe it would be different if i'd read a different part of the series maybe it was just completely not the genre or type of book for me and i'm willing to accept that because it didn't feel like it was for me um, I think my mum said that she had read some of them and enjoyed them, so maybe it's just a, a sort of generational thing. Not sure. But the takeaway from this, and, and why I decided to do this review, even after I didn't particularly enjoy the book that much, 
is that I got it for free, guys. I listened to it for free on Borrowbox. And you can too, although you can also listen to another book if you please. Some of the other books that I found on there I'm, I'm also planning to review. They've got the Old Kingdom series from Garth Nix, which I fan find fantastic, really enjoy those. And uh, they've got some interesting novels like Sea Witch, which is, I think, the backstory of Ursula from The Little Mermaid in a novel form, which sounds great and cool. As I said, they've got Marie Kondo. They've got lots of different books and you can go log in and listen to one for free and just enjoy. And that is just a wonderful thing. So ending on a positive note, let me know if you decide to join up to Borrowbox, if you find it a good service, if you absolutely hate it and wish I'd never spoken about it to you. want to hear from you. You can get in touch on Twitter or by email as usual. Just check the description box for all of that information. And uh, in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.